0: Welcome, beautiful people, to Growthology Podcast. I'm Lorena, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth. And I am Monica. I'm a working mom, a wife, currently a
1: college student, and I'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life. In our podcast, we discuss topics like personal growth, wellness, mindfulness, and emotional intelligence and
0: hopes to grow a community of positivity. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the history of the American dream, some current views of people that we interviewed and ourselves, some opinions of the ideals within the American dream, and our own experience as immigrants within the American dream. Today we're really excited because we have one of my longest friends. Uh, we've been friends since the third grade. Her name is Clarissa Saldi. Um, I'm basically part of her family. I'm like the, th- the fourth sibling. <laughs> So Clarissa, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you do for work, and um, why you decided that this podcast would be, you know, a good one for you to be a part of, or one that you are interested in?
2: Hey guys, my name is Clarissa. Um, I currently live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I have been working retail um, since out of high school. So that was for 10 years. Right now I work for the Department of Health and uh, Human Services here in Raleigh. Uh, everyone thinks I do something laboratory stuff every time I tell them where I work. Really, it's just me sitting in front of a computer and proofing and data entering a bunch of paperwork. And most of the time I'm just watching Hulu on my phone. So great to get paid for that. Yeah. Um Especially after retail. Working on my feet all day. Now I just get to sit and watch Hulu and not do anything and get paid for it. Now that's the
0: American dream.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Nine to five job watching Hulu. (laughs) But yeah, this episode actually really interested me just because my family and I have moved from the Philippines here to America back in 1996. And the American dream has been something. my parents have tried to achieve since we moved here. So it's nice to get my input and my opinion out there about this.
0: Yeah, and we're super happy to have you. So thank you for coming on again. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, definitely welcome. We are happy to have you and definitely having different perspectives. So for me, I feel like the American dream has a lot to do with context. So Um, as far as everybody's background. So I'm a California girl. I am a first generation of immigrants from my mom's side. And on my dad's side, um, there's a lot of poverty there. Um, They didn't have things like generational wealth. So that is my perspective coming in.
0: Yeah. And I also moved here back in 1992 with my mom and dad. We had a good amount of family here already. But none of us spoke English. So that was well. we'll talk a little bit more in depth later on. But you know, that's my background. Um, So when researching the American dream, I came across a lot of different definitions. But they most all had the same general idea, being that the opportunity for a better life is what is the main point of the American dream. Merriam-Webster defines the American dream as a happy way of living that's thought of by many Americans as something that can be achieved by anyone in the U.S., especially by those working hard and becoming successful. The idea that the government should protect each person's opportunity to pursue their idea of happiness is also one of the main uh, aspects that I saw So a little bit of history, back in 1931, writer James Truslow Adams first coined the American dream, and it had to do more with the idealism than material property. He wrote that the American dream was that dream of a land in which life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone, with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. But in the Roaring Twenties, the American Dream became more about acquiring material things. As I researched, the Great Gatsby came up a lot because in this book, uh, there's a lot of themes on aspirations of this and acquiring more, but also the consequences of acquiring more as well. So that's just a little bit of history that I found on the American Dream. Uh, So now we want to talk a little bit about our own experiences and some of our beliefs regarding the American dreams and just what kind of emotions and ideas the American dream brings on us. Um, So Monica and Clarissa, what, what does the American dream mean to you guys? So I think this
1: definition continually changes for me throughout the years As a child, I would say I had a very generic idea of the American dream, and that's in regards to material things. Um, Definitely like the whole having a job, a family, and one day buying a house is just what I remember in my mind, and a two-story house, very specific two-story house, (laughs) (laughs) because that wasn't something that we could have was in my mind when I thought of the American dream and what my life was supposed to lead up to. Let's see. I don't feel that anything more than that was really expected. And I think now, like, for example, um, I wanted to go to college, but just with my parents' backgrounds, neither one of them really went to college. It wasn't something that they would consider obtainable for me. I think in their minds, and of course my mind as well, is that it was more about Um, people who are really smart, who are able to get scholarships, were able to go to college. Um, So like them investing in that for me wasn't there. And I think that like now that I work at a college, it's completely different. And I'm like, I thought these were really smart people (laughs) (laughs) who were in college, but everybody, (laughs) everyday people are there. Uh, Now I just think of it I mean, I guess in in some ways, it's exceeding the levels that my parents had. I mean, in their mind, they didn't realize what was like their ceiling and what it meant to break that ceiling. But I think now, um, like going to college, um, already owning a house, um, starting a family, all of those things have like, okay, now there has to be something next. Um, But when I think of happiness, because the American dream is a lot correlates with what happiness is, is and I and I was actually just talking about this with my husband, is like the importance of our relationships and um, mm-hmm. healthy relationships, having a healthy life with the people that matter most to us. And yeah, there's great things like um, getting a house and, you know, having a stable job. But once you've achieved those things, I feel like there's so much deeper, that is much more important, that's not necessarily focused on. And I mean, I think in regards to like society, it's important that we invest our time into things that we believe in. So for me, it's like driving an electric car, racial equality, equality across the board, I'm um, learning about myself and how to better, you know, my own internal well-being. Um, those things to me are achieving the American dream now. And it's a lot less materialistic than a lot more related to internal and um, things that I feel are important.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the American dream usually evolves, especially within immigrants, how we view it probably before we move here or maybe if you are first generation here then what your parents saw it as is different than what we see it as As growing up here as children and then what it becomes when we become adults what about you clarissa
2: So as I stated earlier, the American dream has been something my parents have been trying to achieve since we moved here from the Philippines back in 1996. To me, I always felt that the idea of the American dream was something schools, the general population, and general society was uh, something they drilled into your head. That the way to living your best life was to go to college, buy a big house, work a nine-to-five job. Um, Growing up, you know, I Recognize that my parents worked so hard and made so many sacrifices um, so that they could give my siblings I the best life possible. You know, don't get me wrong though, moving to America was probably the best thing that my parents did for me. In the Philippines, I'd be lucky to find a decent-paying job and, you know, provide for myself. I have a big family. My mother is the middle child of seven children. We tried to send over money as often as we can. Um, so that way they have enough food to eat for the whole month. Uh, living here in America, I'm considered rich compared to those living in the Philippines. And at this stage in my life, I say screw the societal expectations of the American dream. My American dream is to be happy and to live a life that my younger self would be proud of.
0: Yeah, I love that because that's also like it evolved for you as well, from what where your parents saw it as and then what those expectations were being put upon you. Now you see it as a completely different thing. And I know that you're working towards that or getting to that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And for me, I think it's kind of the same. But when I mean, when I moved here, I was only nine. So I I didn't know what the concept of that was. And I also didn't want to come here because I was old enough, you know, I had already started school, I was In fourth grade, my sister decided not to come and, you know, she was like my best friend. She's 11 years older than me, so she was like a second mom. I always wanted to be around her. So when we moved and I was nine, she was 18 at the time and she decided to stay back in Chile, which was really hard. So I remember just like crying my eyes out, bawling my eyes out, going on the plane to move to the U.S. with my mom and dad. And then getting here was really hard because we lived in a predominantly white town. So nobody in the school that I went to even spoke Spanish. So it was just really difficult at the beginning. And then, you know, I probably didn't call the United States my home until probably the end of high school. So it took me from age nine to 18 To finally come to terms with, well, I guess this is home and being okay with it because I, at that point, I felt like, okay, I probably would be a a struggle to go back to my country and kind of start over. So, in terms of the American dream, I feel like at some days it's something that I no longer believe in, in the sense that I imagined the ability to work normal hours, 40 hours per week, and not have to stress about bills. I imagined It has the ability to pay bills and have some extra, and I'm lucky that I'm able to do this, but I know for a fact that this isn't reality for everybody, and I think that when we talk about the American dream, it has to be for everyone that's putting in the effort, and I know a lot of people that put in the effort, but they still have so many barriers that are in the way, and they can't reach those things of having some savings or having extra And I'm super grateful for a lot of things like the education that I was able to get. I joined the Air Force so that my parents didn't have to take out any student loans. And I I was able to get some of that paid for. But another issue that I see is that all the things that we want lead to immense amount of debt. So, you know, we want a college education to get a good job. Hella debt. We want to buy a nice house with the white picket fence. Hella debt. So to me, that that kind of feels like I'm putting chains on my feet because I'm chained to all this debt for God knows how many years, usually 20 years at least or 30 years at least for those two things combined. So I think that that's another issue that so many things we want bring us so much stress. You know, my parents moved here for I think for the same reason that everybody else's parents did for a better life and they had to work their butts off. So one of my friends that I asked what the American dream meant to her, she brought up a really good point And she said that she was able to reap the benefits for her parents sacrifices. So she was able to kind of, I don't know what word she used, not enjoy, but reap the benefits of the American dream, because she knows that her parents did not get any of the benefits in a way. And like Clarissa said, we are kind of seen as very rich here, so it's undeniable that we're able to do and have more than some of the people back home. I mean, Chile is not a third world country. There's a lot of rich people there, but it still feels like it's easier to get to that level here than there. And I just think like the social piece of the American dream is missing for me. So like Clarissa said, the importance and you, Monica, said also the importance of bettering ourselves and just being better people and learning other things outside of materialistic possessions. I think that's a big piece that's missing from that.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of the things that I look at and I think it comes it stems from a place of not having right. Right. Um, My family didn't have generational wealth. Um, We didn't have the same things that I think now, and now I'm more aware of that other people have available to them, other opportunities. And luckily, me and you, Lauren, are the same in the sense that the Air Force gave us a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't Mm -hmm. normally have. Yeah. Um, And I think that kind of balanced things, like education became possible, stability became possible. So I'm super grateful for that opportunity, but I wouldn't have gotten here if my parents didn't make the sacrifices that they've made. Right. Um, So I, I agree with you. And I think like when I think back of like my grandma and her upbringing and, you know, they didn't have like running water in Mexico and growing up. I think she was married when she was 15. And like her story is so much different from my story. And it really makes me appreciate the things that I have and what can be taken for granted because I feel like I got to see both sides and I really appreciate that flow. What she had and the opportunity she had, I mean, she didn't even have an education. Like she didn't go to school. Mm -hmm. She didn't learn how to write, how to read. Um, And now finally... 10 years later in <laughs> college. <laughs> so I appreciate that opportunity. And I appreciate the fact that I'm not paying for my college.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those loans are crazy. And same with Sean, my husband, he also joined the military. And he's actually still in school because he kind of did it backwards. He's still in the army. And then he got a lot of certifications through the army that allowed him to get a pretty good job without a college education. So sometimes, you know, quote unquote, success looks different for everybody.
1: And he's, uh, he's an immigrant, right? He came from Korea?
0: Yeah, so he's, you know, one of the first in his family to go to college, and, you know, he had to make a lot of sacrifices. It was just his mom, his sister, and himself here, and then his and his nephews. So there was a lot of sacrifice that had to be made, you know, within his family.
2: Yeah, I mean, I never went to college myself, just because, you know, I have two older siblings. My brother was the first one to go to college, and he had such a hard time just because, We weren't American citizens at that time. We were still Mm -hmm. green card holders. And even right before he went to college, we didn't have a green card. Luckily, we were able to get it just right before he applied for college and you know that kind of messed up not to say that my brother didn't deserve that education but it messed up the financial situation like Lorena was talking about all that debt Mm -hmm. that you accrue my dad had to take out loans for him to get an education then he had to help out my sister for her to get an education by the time it came around to me you know it's like well I don't have any more money I can't take out any more loans and Mm -hmm. you know as an 18 year old you can't apply for your own loans like Mm -hmm. most people need a cosigner I I got accepted into the college I wanted to go to but tuition was about 40k a semester and I had already accepted I was already assigned my roommates and then like a month before I was supposed to go down there I was like I can't do this so I actually told myself oh I'm gonna take a gap year you know I'm let me work my job full time, let me save up the money. And within that year, I got promoted at my job. And at that point, I was like, well, why am I going to go to school? I'm getting paid, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't great money, but I was paying, I was getting paid more than I would be spending money on school. So Instead, I took that route and, you know, that's not the American dream that they speak of. They want you to go to college and they want you to take out like $100,000 in student loans. And, you know, what kind of dream is that to be paying that off until the day you die? Mm
0: -hmm. So yeah and that's why I think it looks different for everybody and there's no wrong route or necessarily a correct route but it's the route that we're all just able to take at the time with the opportunity that we're given and just some people have more opportunity that's a fact and the fact that I think people believe that we all have the same amount of quote unquote ability is I think that's like such a screwed up way of thinking because that's not true at all you know it's like Clarissa said both of her siblings went to school and then she really wanted to go but with what money and then same with me I wanted to go to college but my parents didn't have you know I didn't know if they were gonna get accepted for the loan and I didn't want that burden on them either so I'm like well what what's what are some options what are the other options and even then like after I found out that they only paid for tuition and not fees I still had to take loans out because they don't pay for everything 100% It's like some way corporate America will still get their money.
2: (laughs) They always win.
0: Yeah. And I think it's
1: interesting because all three of us had opportunities for college and the financial piece was the one thing that made it hard for us. And we all took three different routes um, with our lives. And, you know, like you said, there's no right or wrong route. I think the the taking out debt was hard. And I signed my life away. And I'm still signing my life away. (laughs) I still owe them more years, (laughs) almost 10 years later. But it's just, it's just interesting. I think that you know this is like the hard decisions that i feel like we have to make as immigrants and children of immigrants that people who have been here and have more thing have generational wealth don't really have to think about these decisions
2: i was just going to say i'm actually lucky my fiance works for a community college so i'm waiting until we get married cuz i get access to free classes
0: no um, way yeah so That's waiting awesome. and, yeah
2: so it's great because, you know, she can actually take classes herself, but I'm kind of glad I didn't go to college just because at least I'm not set on one path and Mm -hmm. having one degree at this point, you know, I plan on taking my medical billing and coding classes and getting certificate. Mm -hmm. I get to take creative writing classes because that's something, you know, I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I can choose what I want to learn. And it's awesome that she works for a community college, because mm-hmm. that takes away the whole financial burden. But at the same time, you know, she had to take out her student loans to get the job at the mm-hmm. community college. So even though she's working for a great place, she's still paying off those loans years after she's already graduated.
0: Yeah.
2: But hey, I'm reaping the benefits from her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's really awesome. Good.
2: Well, even now, a degree doesn't guarantee you a job. So it's like, why are mm-hmm. you spending so much money Yeah, you don't even have a job lined up afterwards? It's like they expect you to take out these loans so that you can get this grand education, but then they don't help you find a job. They're like, well, you got your degree. Go out there and do it yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: there's there's never any help from society after yeah. you graduate
0: right. or
2: ever, actually.
0: Yeah. It's like, congratulations, you got your diploma. Good luck. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I know plenty of people who have degrees, multiple degrees, and who really struggle finding a job. And it's like, you have yeah. a lot of debt that goes with that. And I feel bad, you know, because it's like, sometimes I think in some fields, you have to have a degree. And then another field, it seems like it kind of sets you back.
0: Yeah, because sean makes double what i make with not a degree so he doesn't even have his associates and i have my masters and he makes double what i make so that tells you that like it's it all depends on the career field and like we talked about so many different paths that that you can take and some could be better with without a college degree and i asked a good amount of people just in my life what the American dream meant to them. So I'm going to share some of their responses. One of my friends said that she feels like it's an unrealistic goal that people strive for that keeps the American people in high levels of stress, anxiety, and depression. These expectations cause the average person to constantly overwork and feel guilty about calling out. Someone else said, it's the best of two evils. Most people who come here are seeking from families that are way worse, only to find both disappointment and relief all in one. I thought that one was really deep, (laughs) kind of poetic in a way. Someone else said, it doesn't exist for me, so I'm not sure. I would like to be accepted like my white co workers, offered the same opportunities. I want a house with a white picket fence. Someone else said, The American dream to me is the idea that expansive opportunities and resources are available to me to achieve anything that I want, provided I'm willing to put in the most amount of work. There's obstacles, sure, but due to my cultural upbringing and circumstances experienced in my home country, I feel like I have a leg up to persevere when the general population here might give up due to experiencing luxuries that have been taken for granted. That kind of makes me think of how immigrants, I don't know how to say this without sounding harsh, but I'm going to say it anyway, how immigrants will just sometimes work so much harder than people that are born here.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't think that's far out to say. I think that's true. Okay. We have
0: Because as an
1: as an immigrant, you have to establish yourself. You have to mm-hmm. establish your family. You don't mm-hmm. own a house where you live. You have to find work. A lot of times there's going to be language barriers that you have to overcome.
2: Yeah. You know, there's there's people out there that think immigrants are stealing jobs from people or, you know, the American people. But in reality, it's just we, well, immigrants just work a lot harder. Like I said, in my opinion, you know, we have to make sure that we're not seen as less worthy than our white Mm -hmm. coworkers or our white counterparts. Um, Yeah you know, we're not stealing jobs, we're just working harder to get those jobs. And we're working harder to keep those jobs. So it's, it's offensive to say that we're stealing from people when, you know, we put twice as much work into something, um, just to be considered equal.
0: Yeah, it's like we have to prove ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we have to work harder in order to be like, I'm worthy of living here. I'm worthy of having this job. So I think like that urge to prove ourselves, to say like, no, we, we have the right to be here. Um, we do a lot of the jobs that people that are born here don't want to do. So it's not that we're, like you said, we're not stealing it. We're just, we're the ones applying for those jobs <laughs> that those people don't want. Um, someone else said the American dream for me is the ability to freely go about my business without being monitored punished or forced to do, think, or feel a specific way. It's the ability to grow within myself and have the freedom to do so. Another person said, I'm as traditional as they come. The American dream to me is a family that stays together, the opportunity to have a white picket fence, pets to love, and vacations to see the country or the world. Um, The American dream for me is that everyone is treated with equality, can afford housing and food, and everyone's mental and physical health are treated as a priority. And this one, you know, she was the only one that spoke about like kind of like health insurance and mental health and physical health. So, you know, I let her know that that I appreciated her response because she was the only person that had brought brought those things up. As someone that immigrated to the U.S., the American dream means a lot of opportunity. This may sound cliche, but I really do think the U.S. is the land of opportunity, despite the many, many challenges we have as a nation. What we do with the opportunities available is on us and individual circumstances. For me, it gave my parents an opportunity for a better life, but I think it was really that it gave them the opportunity to give us, their kids, the opportunity for a better life. So this is the person that I had mentioned earlier, um, how she feels that her and her sister were able to reap the benefits, but her parents weren't really able to reap those benefits because they worked crazy hours and weren't either treated well or always paid well. So they made the sacrifices for her and her sister to have the benefits of the quote-unquote American dream. I think someone said, I think just a stable job and comfortable living. And Clarissa Ralph, of course, sent his response last minute. (laughs) So I'm reading his from a text message. He said. My parents always encouraged us to dream big and work hard. They were always supportive of our professional choices, so there was really no pressure to be anything other than who I wanted to be. If I was back in my country, it would be harder to pursue my passion in arts and design. The pressure of being successful in a high-paying job to support my family would be greater. Here in the US, I was free to explore all the venues that led me to be an entrepreneur and own a business, rather than being a doctor or a lawyer. The American dream allowed me to be free to be me. What did you guys think of everybody's responses? I think
1: they were good. I think a lot of the same. Um, I heard a few white picket fence. So it seems like a lot of things are relating to the same points. Um, Also opportunity was something I heard often and something that we all said.
2: Yeah, I think what everyone said kind of encompasses what we were just previously talking about. Um, I think everyone, you know, had a little bit of each something that we mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the person that had immigrant parents, the person that wanted to travel the world, You know, obviously, that's something I think everyone wants to do, you know, Mm -hmm. wanting to be accepted by your white counterparts. So all that kind of stuff, I think everybody kind of related to pretty much everything that we've pointed out already. So it's crazy how everyone kind of has the same idea of the American dream,
0: but Mm -hmm. also
2: with little variations of it.
0: Yeah, and I... You know, these were my friends that I asked and, you know, some people on Facebook that responded to to something I posted asking what the American dream meant to them. And most of my friends are immigrants, so I do have a lot of immigrant friends from all over the place, you know, Costa Rica, Egypt, India, Ecuador, Colombia. But also some some Americans, you know, people that were raised here and have been here and their parents have been here for a long time. Grandparents, great grandparents. Um, So, I mean, I could see kind of the differences in their responses. But, yeah, the immigrant responses are all so similar to what we were talking about as well. So now we're going to talk a little bit about how the American Dream has changed throughout the years and the influence of inequality within the American Dream.
1: So, of course, when I think of the American Dream now, I think of more as equal availability of opportunities. Um, So it's more closer to equity, which is like true equality. Um, So some demographics do struggle more. Um, Than other demographics and not all communities. I have mentioned generational wealth. I'm going to say it again, have generational wealth and others don't, um, which sets them at a disadvantage and I think as well as like systematic racism and even racial profiling, all of those play a part in opportunities, lack of opportunities, Um, and then we have to address all of this as a social problem together. But all of that being said, I would say that our stories um, are possible more here than anywhere else, Um, and that's why I do believe in America as a whole, and I think that the opportunities are there, it's just not fully perfect at this time. And that's the point of, Mm -hmm. you know, our country is that we should be seeking a more perfect union. Will we ever get there? I don't know. Um, But I know that my story is not possible anywhere else other than here. And that's Mm -hmm. what inspires me to continue involvement in what I'm doing um, with with being in the military and, you know, signing that line again and putting my life on the line um, For that because that's what I believe in for for myself and my family
0: Mm -hmm. yeah those definitely are some valid valid challenges you know the the glass ceiling whether it be for gender for race for you know how much money you are already making it either opens or closes a lot of opportunities so it's definitely not equal for everybody and That is a big, big issue in people being able to achieve their goals that they have in life. Within some of the research that I was doing, there's a lot of income inequality in the United States, and a lot of other developed countries have far lower rates of income mobility. So the U.S. score is lower than France, Germany, Sweden, Canada, Finland, Norway, and Denmark. And part of the American dream is class mobility. So being able to go from poor to middle class to upper middle class and being born poor and the ability to work your way up, being able to get a decent job, get a home, buy a car, be able to provide for your family, for your children. So that aspect makes it difficult to do that when it's it's so hard to change the income mobility within where you're born into. Also according to pgpf.org, the US is now more than $28 trillion in debt. And this includes both public debt and federal debt. And this affects all of us because it affects the economic stability, you know, of the United States and the future of this country. And all of that affects everybody that's, you know, working, not working, no matter how much money you're making, it's gonna affect us. Some point to social trends as proof that the American dream has died, including epidemics of obesity, child abuse, drug addiction, you know, the amount of people that are struggling with these things that makes a major influence on the ability to be successful when people are going through traumatic events or being born to poverty or experiencing really difficult things as children. That we've talked about this in previous episodes, how trauma affects the brain and how we develop differently depending on what we're put through as children. So obviously that's going to affect people and their ability to get jobs or go to school or how they do in school. So, I mean, I've even seen some people saying that the American dream is not even a thing anymore.
2: You know, what's crazy to me is I remember watching this documentary of it wouldn't be a documentary of the American dream, but Mm -hmm. um, the host had interviewed these people from countries like Finland and France Mm -hmm. and Denmark and uh, all those places. And they asked and they said that they wanted to come to America. And, you know, these countries are given almost like what two weeks of vacation each month, or two hours of break time during their workday, working four-day work weeks. And when the interviewer asked them, you know how many weeks of vacation Americans get? And they were like, oh, two months? He said two (laughs) weeks, and their jaws dropped. And it's like, it's crazy that there's people out there coming from these great countries that have great I don't even know the word, just really good opportunities. Like
0: benefits? Yeah, exactly.
2: But they still want to come here because they have the idea of the American dream still. And, you know, that's just so baffling because you're coming from a place that has these great benefits, but then you want to come to America where we have literally nothing or Mm -hmm. you're just going to accrue debt. Like you can't travel the world when you're working nine to five, five days a week. And it's just crazy that there's people out there that just think America is the land of everything. And it's really mm-hmm. not. And I wish some people would just wake up from that dream.
0: Yeah. That's the thing though. It's like it's in the it's in the name, like dream is that's not reality, you know? It's like the actual thing is not even reality. It's something that is kind of magical in a way. And and like you said, Clarissa, people that don't live here how do I say this? It's like they, think it's perfect. Yeah. Their perception is not real. Like they have a dream of what it's like, but it's not reality. And I feel like the United States is that annoying person on Facebook that wants everybody to think that their life is perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, they only post, like, I know a lot of people do that, but you know, they, they say like, oh, my life is perfect. Nothing's ever wrong. Look at my family. Look at my job. Look at my everything. That's the U.S. It's like, no, we're perfect. Nothing's wrong over here. This is the best country in the world. This is the leading country in the world. And everybody else that doesn't live here believes it. Because I think that happens within our families too. Like, they think that we have like, A limited amount of money and they'll ask for money or they'll ask for gifts when we go there, um, just because it's so much easier to purchase things here. Yeah, I
1: think and I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a flaw, I would say it's a challenge. One of the challenges that we have here is American greed and how that relates to the American dream and and that's in terms of businesses that are money hungry, that are after more um, more things in regards to profits than they are into creating a better company or a better organization or a better product that's actually gonna benefit those people and those consumers who are purchasing it. Um, and in that, I think we have broken systems because it almost, pays more um, for people to suffer more. And that's like in relation to the healthcare system and the food industry. If if children are eating fast food and snacks and chips and cookies and um, all of those Mm -hmm. sweets, it's more profitable for the food industry to advertise that as healthy snacks when it's not and then the healthcare industry is also going to make more money off of that when they start having health conditions, Um, so I think that's something as America, we have a challenge with dealing with because um, those industries are profiting on things that are basically killing us as people and that aren't good for us, um, for our bodies or the environment. And it's making the, the 2% or the top 1% richer. Um, and it's just making everybody else pay more.
0: Yeah, because I mean, inequality comes from extreme wealth in a tiny sector of the population so that's the one percent inequality comes from the super wealth the top one tenth percent are super wealthy and then everybody else kind of ends up paying you know more taxes and they get the tax break so you know having worked in retail like I said previously
2: it's crazy to me that the American dream is all about having this image that you are living the perfect life with social media these days, you know, all you see on Instagram is people with expensive clothing or, you know, all that kind of stuff, just for the likes or the, you know, whatever. The clout. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's the word. Um, You know, working in retail, I remember during tax season, all these people would come in with their tax money, their tax credits from their children, you know, thousands of dollars from, you know, their tax refund. And they would spend so much money on shoes and clothing just to have that image of them, you know, being wealthy. Mm -hmm. When in my head, you know, I'm ringing these people out and they're spending hundreds of dollars. And in my head, I'm like, have you paid rent? Have you paid your car payment? Like, you know, with all that money, I, you know, with the stimulus check coming out, I'm putting out most of my savings because I want to save for a house, you know, not the American dream house, but, you know, it's <laughs> not the big two-story house. Yeah. Um, my dream is actually to live in a in a van, but
0: not in the homeless
2: kind of way. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the cute ones you see on YouTube. <laughs> like the minimal exactly.
2: tiny homes. Those are Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's my dream. And, it's something I want to achieve. And it's something those are obviously less expensive than actually buying a house. Mm -hmm. So that's something I, I strive for is to have that minimalist lifestyle where everything I want in my life is going to fit in that van. And I'm not going to have anything worry me or anything like that at all. But, you know, going back to that point of retail, it's, it's crazy to me that people just want to spend all their money just to to have the look of being rich. And I mean, I wish I had that kind of money to kind of put that persona on of, you know, look at me, I have these new Jordans that were $200. And it's those same people coming back every week. Once a new Jordan comes out, oh, there's one coming out Saturday, let me buy that for 200. Oh, there's a new one coming out next Saturday, let me buy that for 200. And it's also these people that you know, are buying $80, 90 shoes for their toddler. And in my head, I'm like, you're going to grow out of those in a month. <laughs> and you're telling me yeah. you're spending $100 on your child. It's it's crazy to me. Um, all just for the looks of it. You know, like, do you even have food on the table for them? But you're going to buy them a $100 sneakers. You know, what are they going to eat for the rest of the week?
0: Yeah, and then the kids learn like, oh, new shoes means that that makes me a better person. You know that's what defines the quality of the the kind of person that i am this means good so then they're not focused on other values like no be a nice person be empathetic be open-minded that's not what's being taught in terms of values it's like have more have the best and when a new thing comes out then you have to get that one or else you're not good enough that it's a film available on youtube for free it's called requiem for the american dream i actually watched it to do some research for this episode and it was really interesting and it talks mostly about the downsides of the american dream and a lot of the inequality stuff that i mentioned was from that documentary so i encourage if this is something that you're interested in definitely check that out Thank you again, Clarissa, for being on this podcast. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you for your input.
2: Thank you for having me. I'd love to come back. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll send you list. Yeah <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> of our good. other episode ideas. Well, I hope that you listeners found this episode interesting and valuable and were able to get something out of it for your own growth and your own well overall well being. And remember, stay growing. Also be sure to follow us on
1: Instagram. Just look up at Growthology Podcast No Space.